this is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Tuesday, June 4th, 2019. Make sure you're following the show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today we have a very special guest on the show. Jacqueline McCabe is a radical self-love, and body-positive advocate who believes beauty is a mindset, not a waistline. After spending too many years dreading the dressing room, she decided to create a space where plus-size women don't need to choose between clothing that fits and clothing that is beautiful. Jackie Blue, a plus-size boutique in New Orleans, offers women like her exclusive access to bold prints, Lux Fashions and Jacqueline's signature style in sizes 12 and up. In addition to her boutique, Jacqueline created the annual Not So Skinny Dip, a plus-size pool party happening June 15, 2019 in New Orleans and is adding self-love coaching to her brand in late 2019. Let's welcome Jacqueline to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, my God. I'm so excited you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a big fan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So let's start at the beginning of your journey. Now, growing up, you weren't always confident. Tell us about your challenges with your weight and self-esteem. Um, yeah, so I grew up and I can see really clearly now that I wasn't a fat kid, um, but that is something I did not know. Um, I was always teased and mocked for my body and the way I looked, and it was something that I was bullied about and compared to, and now as an adult at 40 years old and looking back in hindsight, right, the gift you don't have when you're 12, like, I think it was probably more of my height, but when someone's constantly calling you big, like, in my head, that just translated to, like, I must be fat, right? And I Mm -hmm. I had this moment oh gosh, it was probably three or four years ago now that I just, I had this moment, I was in my, I was at my parents' house where I grew up looking in the attic, digging through old photos, and I was like, oh my god, I wasn't fat, and I had no idea. Now, later in my life, I definitely uh, became fat, and I still am, and identify in that, and have found so much health and growth and healing in that, but like, at the time, I didn't know that, but I was but I have that same shared experience of kids who were fat because I was the the identifications in there for me is like, I was still mocked for my body, right? Like I was called uh, for several years through junior high, I was called ogre as they chanted it as I walked through the hall and like threw food at me in the cafeteria. Like I was this nerd kid that was like picked on and it was all about my size. 
Um, definitely. Um, I was I was thinking about that the other day. Somebody was talking about models and bodies and how that changed, and like that would have been right in that like Kate Moss era. So like I just didn't have anything, you know. I, there was nothing tangible that I could hang on to of like anything that looked like me out there in the world to say I was okay, right? It's just all internalized. Right. So I read your blog and I read that you spent a few decades hating yourself and your body. Now from that, did you form an eating disorder? Oh, absolutely. There's disordered eating in my background. I, uh, my mom and I were actually just talking about this. When I was about, gosh, 16 or 17, I went to a doctor and they diagnosed me as obese. And I was six foot tall at the time, maybe even six one. I'm not even 100% sure. And I was like a size 12 and I, I was active. I was an athlete. And so I was solid muscle, and they prescribed me um, FinFen because they thought my, like, BMI was off and, like, my body, like, everything I was, like, the chart, like, I was off the charts or whatever that was. And, like, so they described me FinFen. In high school, um, I definitely remember a girlfriend and I would take those diet pills over the counter that you got, like, at the gas station or whatever. And I would, I would binge and purge. 100% would binge and purge, and then, like, later in my disorderly eating, like, it just it just became more just binging and binging and binging. You know, I would purge occasionally out of self-hatred, but it was just, like, I just never developed a, oh, I hate the word normal, but, like, I like an appropriate relationship with food, like a healthy relationship with food. It was always, like, it was always a reward system, and it was always shame-based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you went on to have weight loss surgery because you thought that was supposed to fix you, but I read you said it didn't work. Now, why not? No, I, I like, that is definitely part of my journey. Um, I ended up, gosh, I was in my... I was probably 30 at the time, probably about 10 years ago. I'm not one of those. I know some people, like, that's a marker in their life, and they know the dates. I'm not one of those people. But I think I was around 29 or 30, and I was I um, was working in plus-size fashion. I'd had my first boutique in the French Quarter, and I was somewhere around a size 26, 28. And I hated myself. I hated myself so bad. I, I, I felt like I was faking it and trying to be a good fatty, which was a concept I wasn't aware of at the time. But, like, I would spend every day, like, cheerleading these women of, like, you look beautiful in that dress. And meanwhile, like, hating myself right and like just I don't know how I still laugh at this I don't know how I did this I guess this is just denial and some form of like brain trickery but I never looked in the mirror I worked in a in a boutique right with mirrors all over the place I never looked in the mirror I didn't even have a full-length mirror in my house like I just I hated myself I hated being a 4x um, I hated having to like work in plus-size fashion um, these are all things that I don't believe anymore, just to clarify. But, like, that was going to mm-hmm. fix me. Like, that was going to, like, if I could be, 
I just really believed in that theory of there was a thin girl inside of me. I don't know if it was that, I don't know if I was that conscious of it, but I just really thought like, like one of the things is everyone used to ask me if I was pregnant all the time. And I really thought that like, if I had this weight loss surgery, no one would ever comment on my body again. Like no one would ever want, ever, ever, ever ask me again if I was pregnant. And that is just not true. I got asked that last week, you know, like it's just like now it's like, now I just giggle because it's so ridiculous. But like, I like I I just thought it would fix me. I thought it would put me in whatever box society wanted me to be in, and I would receive love. And that just mm-hmm. didn't turn out to be my story. I had to figure that out on my own. I had to figure out after the weight loss surgery, right? Like I had this moment a few years after the weight loss surgery where, like, yeah, I think I dropped down to a somewhere like around a size 12 and I still Mm -hmm. hated myself and I still had all the same negative self-talk track running through my head on a daily basis and it didn't make it any better and that's when I finally I you know got in enough pain that I really looked at this and what this internal hatred was um, and did some work and came out of that. Um, and so was the I problem more self-esteem than what you actually physically looked like? Yeah, it was all internal. It was all internal. It didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't fix anything. Right. I still hated myself. I, uh, people still, you know, I still got all the same, like the comments got different. Right. But like they were still like my worth was tied up in like other people's comments on my body. And then, you know, as most people who have weight loss surgery, this isn't the case for everybody, but as most people who have weight loss surgery, like I gained some of it back. Right. And then that was like a whole Mm -hmm. thing. Right. And then it's that like I just really learned and I've really seen that like it doesn't matter. Like, uh, like, people commenting on my body is always damaging, you know, and, like, that's not something I can control, and so I have to figure out what that is on the inside, and I have to figure out what my worth is, and then it doesn't matter what anyone else is thinking about my body, but that's not something I knew 10 years ago when I was going through this process. So right, and now you more. mentioned... You mentioned that when you um, had the weight loss surgery and you hated yourself, you were a size 26, 28, and you were opening and running your first boutique, which was called Voluptuous Vixen. Now, at the time, you were helping women feel confident, but you weren't confident yourself. So how did that work uh, running a business and being an entrepreneur, doing something that you didn't feel... (laughs) I mean, it did in the fact that, like, I could win an Academy Award for acting. It did in the fact that, like, whatever, like, malformed coping mechanism I had in life, like, I don't think, I don't think my clients knew that, right? Like, I don't think my customers knew that. Like, I don't think, I think I probably really helped people. You know, um, I do note now that in my new boutique, I think the conversations we have in the city room are different. Where, like, a good example of that is, like, if you would have come in my first store, 
and been like, I have a date tonight. What should I wear? I'd be like, oh, let's get you in some spanks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now, because I wore spanks every day of my life, I didn't think anything of it. And now, I, if you come in my store and say I have a date tonight, I'm like, oh, great. Let's find something that you feel beautiful in. Right? And, like, that's the mm-hmm. difference and that's the message today. It's not like let's put you in a box that society wants you to be in, right, so you will be appropriate for this person that you're going on on a date with. Instead, it's like let's fill, let's fill you up, right? Let's put you – because a dress can change your attitude, right? If you feel good in that, like, you're going to walk in more confident. You're going to walk in – you know, more present, you're not going to be worried, like, are my spanks rolling down? Or you're not going to be worried of, like, you know, whatever it is. Like, so you're going to be worried about the other things about the date. You're not going to be worried about your outfit. And if you feel beautiful, you're going to come off beautiful. Your energy is going to show that. You know, so that's, like, that's the difference. But I do feel like I talked the talk. You know, like, I followed a lot of, like, bloggers and influencers. Like, you were one of them, you know, that I followed back in my old store. So I knew the language of body positivity, and I talked it, but I didn't walk it. And so what that did was lead to me being really unhappy and this, like, you know, just, just exhaustion and burnout of kind of living a double life in a way, you know, I don't think I was Mm -hmm. as clear about it then as I am now, like what that was, but like, I think it led to burnout. And I think that's ultimately like was one of the layers that contributed to me making the decision to close that store. It was like, I wasn't happy. Now when you, but the truth was, I wasn't happy because I didn't love myself. And then after you closed that store, you moved to Los Angeles so was moving to Los Angeles a part of finding yourself, looking for something new, self-discovery? It really was. It really, really was. Los Angeles was such a gift in my story. Um, it wasn't the intention that I moved out to L.A. for, but, you know, life has a funny way of uh, giving you exactly what you need if you're paying attention, and that's exactly what I need. I am somebody who moved to L.A. to the land of beauty and plastic surgery and, you know, fat freezing and, you know, all of the things and learn to accept my fatness and learn to accept my body and learn to accept myself, and it was li- I was literally standing I was walking down Rodeo Drive one day when I first time, not the, probably wasn't the first time I had the thought, but it was the first time I believed the thought of like, wait, I'm beautiful. I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to hate myself anymore. I never need to diet again, as a matter of fact. Like I was literally standing, I was walking down Rodeo Drive and I was having the thought and I believed it for the first time in my life. Like it was the first time in my life that it wasn't, like there were no bully voices, you know, contradicting that thought, you know, so that I, that's what that's what had to happen, you know. I'm, I tend to be a little dramatic, so I guess that was the universe being dramatic for me. <laughs> well, and it's ironic that you would move to Los Angeles and uh, discover yourself and learn to be body positive when you were in New Orleans, which would seem like you're surrounded by fat people in New Orleans because that was one of the fattest know, right? cities at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
know, right? So that's like that. It's the irony, but it took what it took, right? Like it just you take what it takes. I don't know. I don't know how the magic of that works, but you know, I I have a faith in that. You know, like and there's some there's some irony and a gift in that. I actually, I just was out there last weekend and I got to spend time with um, a girlfriend out there who was a big influencer in that. And it was uh, the first, like one of the women that I met out there um, that opened the door for me to do that work is this woman named Alice Cabroni Tench, who um, is a writer, but she also, um, she's a person who struggles with disorderly eating and probably more of like anorexia. Like she's a very thin you know, um, average height woman who, you know, fits in all of the, the beauty net myth and social norm. And it was like through her personal work she'd done around her body through her eating disorder and me becoming friends with her was what kind of opened the door for me to look at someone like that and be like, oh, maybe if she hates her body, maybe it's okay for me to hate my body. And if she loves her body now and has done the work around it, like, what in that can I take and internalize towards my recovery and my love with my body? Like it really wasn't even a fat person who was, who was the first one that opened that. Now that was layered, I think with the, with the, with the joys and grace of social media, like the goodness of social media of like following women like you, following women like Jess Baker, following women like, you know, um, Fat Girl, well, they weren't open yet, but Annette from Fat Girls Traveling and following women like Virgie Tober, like, I had, like, this corner of the world that I had access to and watched other fat women living their best lives, so, like, that was helpful, but I didn't actually know any of them yet, so, like, the person that was tangible that I could actually have these conversations with happened to be a really thin, um, you know, gender normative beauty myth fits in the boxes woman, right? Like that's what I had access to. So that's how I got my healing that layered into watching all these other women. You know, I think it was like, you know, Virgie's, Virgie's hashtag of like lose hate, not weight, you know, and diet culture dropout that like was in my head that day on Rodeo drive. And I was like, Oh wait, I could be a diet culture dropout. You know, like I don't actually have to do this anymore. I don't have to, pretend I'm something I'm not anymore I don't have to hate myself anymore right so it's layered but like the person that was that had access to was not actually a fat person that helped me with this now how long did you live in Los Angeles and what made you decide to move back to New Orleans eventually I lived there a little less than 18 months but somewhere in there um I think what got me to actually move back is while I was out there and I was doing a lot of work in therapy and meeting a lot of women like um like Alice who I mentioned earlier and kind of forming a little tribe out there of like women just um uh trying to be better more authentic people and like whatever their struggle was right um and going to lots and lots of therapy I cannot negate how much therapy helped me with this journey I just learned, I really learned, I always say that when I was out in LA that I, I learned who I was and I learned that I liked her and then I learned that I loved her. And when I was somewhere in that point where I learned that I loved her, I thought I had this really clear thought of like, 
wait, I also love New Orleans. What am I doing here? <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, like, the business reasons that I – the thing that catapulted me to go out there was a business it was a business opportunity that didn't work, right? Uh, but I just mm-hmm. think I was good all the time. Like, that wasn't supposed to work. Um, and when it was like, I'm spinning my wheels out here as an entrepreneur, I'm spinning my wheels out here in this business venture that I went out to do. I also learned a ton about fashion. I ended up working for a designer um, and worked to, learned a ton about fashion, which I didn't know because I didn't know anything about retail or fashion when I opened my first store. So that was amazing, right? Um, kind of got mm-hmm. a re-education in that. And I was kind of like, I, I – I love New Orleans. I love myself. I don't really love LA. Life's too short. Why am I trying so hard to make something work? I just feel like I'm swimming upstream, right? And mm-hmm. um, so within that figuring out who I am and loving myself, I decided to come home where I love. I'm not a native New Orleanian, but this is my home. Like this is where my soul is happiest. And so when you moved home, you decided to open a second boutique, which is the one that's currently open, Jackie Blue. So did you True have story. reservations from your experience with the first boutique? Did that make you hesitant to open up one again? No, actually probably the opposite. <laughs> I kind of just like came back into town and was in the flow and I called a I called my realtor and I was like, I'm looking for retail space, but listen, I'm really burned out. I've been working my butt off in LA. Like I need a vacation. I had a vacation plan with some friends. I'm like, well look at this after Mardi Gras, right? But I just like, hey, heads up, I'm back in town. This is like December ish. And she called me, like, the next day and was like, uh, there's a space that's open and you need to look at it. Like, sorry, you're not, you can't wait, you know? And I, and so I just, like, suddenly was back in that flow again and I no longer felt like I was swimming upstream. And I was on vacation, like, doing lease agreements and signing stuff uh, for the space that I am now. We didn't get open until after Mardi Gras because we needed to build out and do work. But, like, it was really, like... Like, I had a little bit of, I'm just being real honest, I was I was a little naive. I was like, I had a successful business in New Orleans before. I'll roll back into town, open another one, and that just, uh, it, I have a successful business, don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't, it hasn't been quite as easy, like, as that. Um, I think that I changed locations, and I rebranded to a different name, you know, um, and I love this business in ways that I didn't or couldn't have the ability to love my first one. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy about all the rebranding and I'm really happy about the lifestyle or the uh, location change and yeah, the lifestyle change. But um, that first year was a little harder than I was expecting. Um, so that was a, that was a moment of humility <laughs> and learning. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I have a lot of ladies listening that want to yeah. be plus size models. So I couldn't yeah. not ask you this question. Are you ever <laughs> looking for models in the area? And if so, how can somebody submit? So I am kind of, uh, someone just asked me this earlier on Instagram. I um, I do do photo shoots. 
Um, I, I, I also model for the brand and sometimes to just be real honest, that's just easier to just like get me and a photographer together. My background is photojournalism. That's what my degree is in. So I have a lot of friends in the photography world that live in New Orleans. That's what first brought me to Louisiana. So sometimes like last week, it was just like me and a girlfriend just like got in the car and drove around and did photos. So lots of my shoots are like that, but I do do bigger shoots a couple times a year. Um, I am not in the position to pay models and I, and I hope to be there someday, but right now I just give people um, a store credit. So like I pay you um, with, uh, with product in my store, you get a gift card and then you get access to the photos to be able to use on your social media or your portfolio or whatever you're trying to build. So it's not technically a paying gig, um, but I do like to use local people I'm not actually really looking for like super modely people. I'm just looking for someone who's confident and comfortable in their skin to get photographed. I like to mix it up. I like to use tall girls, um, you know, apple shaped, pear shaped, uh, hourglass shaped, rectangle shaped, uh, black, white, redheads. You know, like I, I did a shoot last summer with a trans woman. Like, I just try to use, I just want it to look real. I want it to look authentic. I'm not trying to be bougie and fashion-y. I'm just like, this is us living our best life. You know, look at these real women and on your Instagram feed. So that's really what I'm looking for. Um, so if you would like to be part of that, um, there is a tiny bit of a wait list right now, but I'm happy to add you on it. You could just email me at Jackie, J-A-C-I, at JackieBlue.com, J-A-C-I, blue is in the color, dot com. And it's great that you said you uh, work with women that look all shapes and sizes, all ages, different ways, because that shows how important diversity is to your brand, which is lacking in a lot of the body positivity movement. I agree, absolutely, and I think it... I think I don't know why I that's it's really really important to me. I'm sure it has something to do with um I haven't really thought about it, but I guess it has something to do with like that part of my story of like I was tall and everyone was calling me big and ogre and I was just flipping through the magazines and couldn't see uh couldn't see myself represented, right? Like I just I couldn't see that represented. So I'm just like I have a little bit of a platform now how can we get the most representation possible? And let's talk a little bit about the plus size and the body positive community, specifically in Louisiana, because I'm down here, and when some people ask me about it, I don't really know what to say. So how would you describe (laughs) this thing in Louisiana as far as the plus size community? I wish there was more. Um, I am slowly trying to build that. That's one of the reasons why I did the Not So Skinny Dip last year and why I'm doing it again. I just really, when I had my moment of awakening and, you know, and, and really started to dig in and look at myself, I there were other women who held me up and supported me, you know, and it was it was, I think... I think it's anything of this political cycle has taught us and that power of that me too moment. Like you can translate that to anything. 
I think me too is the most healing words you can ever say. I would, you know, I was saying that before that hashtag started because when I get to say something like I hate my size and someone else says me too, right? Like I work a body positivity and I hate my size. It's the last thing I need to work on, right? Like they're so healing. It takes the shame away. It makes me breathe a little bit more when someone else says me too, you know, or someone at the grocery store just asked me that I was pregnant, right? And someone else says me too, right? There's so much healing in that. And so I just think we need to come together. I think that the way that our society and culture is set up, it's to take, you know, marginalized people, and in this case, marginalized plus-size women, right, and, like, divide us and make us feel less than it isolates us and all we're stuck with is the negative chatter in our own heads. So if we can come together and be allies and hold each other up and trudge the trudge life together, right? And get to have those me too moments and get to inspire each other and get to encourage each other and get to cry together and get to laugh together and you know, all of those things, you know, get a get a be in a get a be in a pool together and not have to feel like you have to put your sarong on to get up and walk across to get a drink or go to the bathroom, right? Like, like to wear that bikini that's been in your bottom drawer for the first time, right? Like, whatever that is, I've been trying, I've been trying to build community, and it's something you and I talk about a lot, um, is, like, how do we bring that to Louisiana? Because I do feel like it exists on the internet, which is great. That was helpful for my story, but you know, I needed the, the tangible, the, 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 the people I could touch, the people I could relate to, the people I could go to, you know, coffee with and talk about it. Like I needed the, the physical community and I, you know, and it doesn't like, that's what, that's where the healing comes from in my story. Like that's what I think is so important. So that's one of the missions of Jackie Blue is to be a community builder. And I feel like we're trying to do that in some big and small ways and the pool party is one of the big ways we're trying to do it now tell us uh, more specifically about the not so skinny dip pool party that's coming up this month and tell us about your sponsors as well okay i'm super excited uh we finally have sponsorships last year last year we did it just um well you and you and me did it together so that was that was helpful but um this year, I have um, uh, you are coming as our special guest, and I'm very excited about that. And then Alomi Swimwear, um, who's a plus-size swimwear brand that I do carry at Jackie Blue, they are giving us some sponsorship for it and giving us some swag for the swag bags. And uh, there's a local dermatologist in town called Pure Dermatology who really believes uh, that you're, you know, she's in there for like the skincare element of loving yourself. You know, like that's one of the things that I had to learn when I learned to love myself, that I had to learn to love my body, right? My body is this vessel that holds my being and therefore to take care of it. And that means like I have to protect it from the sun. <laughs> um, so she's going to mm-hmm. be uh, giving us all uh, sunscreen for, since we'll be out of the pool. So, that's part of the self-care of uh, self-love. Um, and it's at the Drifter Hotel. Um, and we were going we're gonna to have a they're, – they're providing a discounted drink. Other than that, it's their regular bar, but they'll be, dividing, they'll be providing a discounted drink. So 
Yeah. And last and year the we'll event sold out. It did, and it's gonna sell out this year. Where I keep looking at the ticket sales, and I'm like, oh, oh, the numbers are getting up, and we're what are we? We're ten days out, twelve days out. I don't know a calendar in front of me, but it's we're gonna sell out. We're pushing it right now. So if you want a ticket, you need to go buy it today. We have and more space this year and more ticket sales or more um we have a bigger number of tickets available and we are definitely gonna sell it. We're already at last year's ticket sales right now. Um best of New dot com slash skinny dip. And there's a link to it nice. on all my social media and my website. Now, I also saw that you are about to be a self-love coach. Now, tell us what that <laughs> means and the services you will provide. So, I, as Jackie Blue expanded and I came home to New Orleans, I was, like, really thinking about, I like, that, I, I didn't want to get burned out like I did in my own, my old store, and, like, what the shift and change has happened to me and how I can translate that to my work life. And what I was noticing was like, I mean, I've had customers that have been shopping with me for, you know, a decade now um, that, that are friends at this point. Right. And they were coming into the store and we were having these conversations. And like I mentioned earlier, like the conversations in the fitting room had changed and they, because I changed and they were noticing a change in me and I was seeing this opportunity, right, of, like, there isn't because there isn't um, a plus-size community, per se, in Louisiana. Like, you and I are kind of it as far as, like, people who have access to uh, the community in that way. That, like, I was realizing, like, oh, I have these women on social media that I have become friends with that, like, help me and support me in this, but my customers don't have that. Like I'm it for them. Right. And so like, how can I Mm -hmm. do that better? How can I be better at this message that I'm giving? And, um, I, you know, it kind of started happening organically. Like some of them would like text me and be like, okay, you're different. How are you doing that? Like you actually love yourself, right? Like the difference in me was like tangible and, I would be like, well, let's go to coffee and talk about it, right? So I was kind of already doing it. And then one of my girlfriends uh, was a life coach. And she, I was talking to her one day, and she was like, you should get life coaching certification. You should do this thing that I do. And I really just did it as, like, I wanted to expand my tool set and the conversation I was having. And I was like, so I signed up for that. But I wanted to be certified and accredited and all that because coaching is still one of those fields that like doesn't have a lot of rules and regulations like anybody can put a sign out and say they're a coach but I I wanted the the ethics and I wanted the accreditation so I'm going through a program that's through the International Coaching Federation and I really honestly signed up because I just wanted better tools and as I've gotten into my program I've really seen the opportunities in that and so I um, am going to open a part-time coaching practice upstairs from the boutique where we can really look at this stuff. Like we can do the work that I got to do when I was in Los Angeles and the work that I continue to do, right? Because I'm not perfect. I'm not fixed. There are still, you know, progress is not A to B. There are 10,000 loops and turns in between. But um like we can do this work together. We can do this work together of like fighting the negative 
that it's a really a bully. It's an internal bully that lives in our brains and tells us we're not good enough. And it's sneaky and it's tricky. And I am learning the skill sets to help other women learn to be free of that. Because once you're free of that, oh, you can do anything. The world opens up. You know, you can walk around in a bikini at a pool party, jiggle in your thighs, <laughs> and be happy and joyous <laughs> in, the, in the skin you live in. <laughs> so that's Absolutely. really, I just, saw, I just saw this need, right? Like most women hate themselves. I think all women hate themselves, really. I just, my, I just happen to understand the plus size woman struggle. And so that's, that's my niche. That's who, that's who I want to love and support through this coaching. So what is the ultimate goal with your career and your brand? To help as many women as possible learn to love themselves and celebrate and, and, and uh, have a space where they can just be them with no judgment. That's wonderful. So do you have anything else happening we can be on the lookout for? We know the pool party is coming up. Anything else you need to plug? Uh, Stay tuned. I'm working on some stuff, but it's still like, it's not enough. It's not enough confirmed things to happen, but uh, stay, stay tuned. Uh, We will be doing some more events this fall um but yeah so tell us your official website and social media pages okay so it's jackie j-a-c-i i will answer to jc but it is technically jackie uh you can blame <laughs> the girl that i you can blame the other jacqueline in nursery school in my little town that she decided that's how we were gonna we spelled jacqueline the same way and she decided that's how we we're gonna spell jackie so that is a decision i made at four years old <laughs> so uh it is J-A-C-I, and then blue like the color, uh, and my, so that's my Instagram, and my Facebook is Jackie Blue 504 which is the area code of New Orleans, and my website is JackieBlue.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure speaking with you and learning all about your journey. It's been an amazing journey. Shanice, I love and adore and have mad respect. You were like the pioneer. You were one of those women I was following back in the day when I think we only had MySpace, and I'd be like, how is she doing that? That's amazing. So you were definitely in that number of women that helped me learn to love myself. So thank you. And it's an honor and a pleasure to be on this show. Thank you so much, and I'll be seeing you soon by the pool. Sounds good. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you so much to our fabulous guest this evening, Jacqueline of Jackie Blue Boutique. Make sure you check out her boutique. And if you are in New Orleans or the greater New Orleans area, make sure you come and hang out with us at the Not-So-Skinny Dip Pool Party June 15th. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.